the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Thursday the 18th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there today? Yeah. Trying to? <laughs> On this I, sunny Thursday. The things that are frustrating me are that I can't get um, oars on to talk about their strawberry patch, but, you know. They'll, yeah, they're probably busy it's right It's happening now. whether they have. Well, I bet you that freeze last night. Put them a into a little bit of a pain. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll try to get them on, but if if we can't, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, joining us, calling us from D.C. apparently, is <laughs> West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner. Uh, welcome in. Hey, great to be with you. Uh, thanks looking, for being on. Looking forward. I'll be up in Panhandle uh, Saturday, so always love getting there to the Panhandle. But yes, today I'm in D.C. So what you got going on in D.C. If you don't mind me asking. Well, I'll tell you, we got a real problem with this whole connection between uh, the, the Biden campaign in the 2020 election and the CIA and with the FBI. Uh, it's a real uh, conundrum here. And then yesterday or the day before the Durham report came out, uh, how there's just been one uh, collusion and collaboration on a whole, uh, unholy alliance between these various entities uh, to throw the 2020 presidential election. And we've got to hold people accountable uh, or we're not going to fix it, and we're going to have the same problems in 2024 as we did in uh, 2020. So I'm over here. I spoke with Congressman uh, Jim Jordan yesterday. As you might know, he's the head of the House Judiciary Committee. And finally, the House is now looking at what happened in this 2020 election. As you recall, we've got this real divided nation with a lot of concern over uh, the security of our elections, the integrity of the elections. And what he has unveiled in his uh, investigation, these congressional hearings, is that uh, it appears, or he has sworn statements now from the CIA director at the time, acting director uh, Mike Morell, that Tony Blinken, our U.S. Secretary of State, uh, planted this idea in his head right before the presidential uh, debate in 2020 that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was going to be a significant issue that Trump might bring up in the debate. And so they wanted a talking point to dispute that. And so they made up, I mean, completely made up this story that the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian disinformation uh, operation. And so what our own CIA did with this Mike Morrell and these 51 so-called intelligence experts is they made up this story that it was uh, a Russian disinformation campaign, and they lied to the American people. That's the basis of this. Our own CIA, covered up by the FBI, lied to the American people about the origins of this Hunter Biden laptop. And so uh, there are independent polls that said, had the American people known about the Hunter Biden laptop, that it was real, it was authentic, that uh, they would not have voted for Biden, and that changed the outcome of the election. So we really have a a problem, and I'm glad that the House is getting uh, 
these sworn depositions and testimony from various people. They have it in black and white. This is just not an interpretation. They have it in black and white that they did this to throw the election, to give Biden talking points. And you may recall in that debate, we're talking just two weeks before the election, Biden discredited Trump's uh, bringing up the Hunter Biden laptop and said these 51 so-called experts, intelligence experts, have said that it was Russian disinformation. So he used that against Trump in this debate. And then it got worse when Google and Facebook and Twitter, they took the president off off Twitter. Uh, they, they, you know, disabused the, the story uh, to keep it away from the American people. Um, so there was this collusion between the FBI and big tech. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And I know people are tired of, of hearing uh, about these conspiracy theories. This is no longer a conspiracy theory. And this is what the, the importance of the Durham report just released a couple of days ago showed that this goes back to 2016, that the Clinton campaign did the same thing to Trump with the Steele dossier, and it lied to the American people. And so now they lied in 2020, and that's why it's so important. That's what I'm doing here is I'm t working with these uh, these folks to, to say, we've got to get this out, and that's why I appreciate you having me on so I can explain to the people of West Virginia what is happening. And please don't get so tired of it that you just throw up your arms and say, well, my vote doesn't matter. I'm gonna just, I don't care about the elections. We need to care about the elections. That's the importance of this. We need to vote. We need to vote intelligently, and we cannot have our CIA and FBI lying to us. And uh, so that's what I'm up to. You released an op-ed that said, in fact, uh, you're calling for the resignation of Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Uh, you, you think it, it rises to that level, obviously. Well, the fact that he it was his idea, so he went to the CIA, and then the CIA ran with it. So, see, I, I've got this military background. I've done psychological operations. I've been involved in, uh, in you know, uh, deployments to foreign countries, and many times uh, there's a psychological operation to that. And today's world with the information, uh, you know, the internet, and uh, deep fakes, and all the other artificial intelligence, there are a whole lot of different ways of. Uh, trying to manipulate a, a group to, to tell them, you know, there was a deep fake that uh, Zelensky, uh, that the Russians made, that Zelensky was telling his own troops to lay down their arms to give up and so forth. It was obvious it was a fake, but, you know, if the troops saw that and said, oh, our president is saying we should lay down our arms, you can imagine how devastating that is to morale and uh, to warfighter and so forth. Well, to think that our CIA, that is the masters of disinformation. And disinformation is when you intentionally lie. It's not just a, a, a mistake. That's malinformation, okay, or misinformation. But disinformation is when you intentionally lie to manipulate somebody. And that's what our own CIA did to the American people in the 2020 election. And that's why I'm so incensed. I'm outraged about this. This is when you, when you talk about treason, it's when you betray your country. And this was a betrayal of uh, the American people, of our government that was in power at the time, they, they said they were doing this to give uh, Biden a talking point against the sitting president of the, of the United States. And then Twitter took down the sitting president's account so he couldn't talk to the American people. I mean, this gets to the freedom of speech, our First Amendment rights. Uh, it's just uh, as bad as it can get. And that's what uh, I'm doing. And that's why I think that Tony Blinken should resign. And if he doesn't, the power of Congress is twofold. The House of Representatives has the power of the purse, that's the finances. It has the power of impeachment, and they should use the power of impeachment if uh, Lincoln doesn't resign on his own.
Cameron Spiegel with West Virginia Secretary of State, Matt Warner. And, uh, you know, our conversation, if you distill it down, we're talking about election confidence here in America. Make sure, you know, because nobody wants to have uh, defunct elections or, you know, everybody wants to have the right result come out. So with that being said, uh, you know, this doesn't just uh, start and end with presidential elections. This goes all the way down even to local, you know, city and township type elections. So with your work here in the state of West Virginia with elections, thing, we've had you on many a times talking about voters and things like that. Do you think that you have helped restore voter confidence, election confidence here in the state of West Virginia? And do you think that the confidence that you may or may not have instilled could, you know, be transcribed to the rest of the country? Well, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that question because on April 27th, I was asked to go testify in front of the House Administration Committee. And so I did that. So we're just talking a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that's and they asked me. I was the only secretary in the whole United States of America that they asked to come testify. And it is because we have made uh, West Virginia such a shining example for the rest of the country. And they ask, what are the experiences? What have you done to clean up the voter registration lists? How have you restored confidence in elections in West Virginia? And uh, so I shared those stories with them. And then I ended with the you know basically calling for uh, Blinken's resignation because of his role in this. Uh, CIA basically cover up the Hunter Biden laptop. So the the answer is everything from the cleaning up the voter registration list. And we have now taken off over 400,000 names. Think of that. In a small state like West Virginia, 400,000 names have come off those voter registration lists. That's how bad it had gotten. Um, So that's what has caught the nation's attention and Congress and others to say, wow, this state has done it. And so now they're asking me, how did we accomplish that? I've been on a number of interviews recently with uh, my chief of staff, Chuck Flannery, and my legal counsel, Dee Kersey, who have explained to these other states, this is the process by which you go about uh, to clean up the, those voter registration lists. But then it continues with things such as working with uh, the other uh, the officials, the, the investigative units, we've increased our investigators fivefold. I used to, they used to only have two investigators. We now have 10 across the state contract theaters. So if someone calls with a problem, we can put somebody on the situation immediately. We have a see something, text something program. So every citizen who has a cell phone is an extension of our investigative arm. They can take a picture of someone who's being paid off or coerced or a vote being bought, that sort of thing. So uh, West Virginia has implemented a number of uh, – we've leveraged technology to add confidence to the system. And that's why West Virginia was ranked in the top five or ten across the nation. This is by MIT. They ranked us as in the top ten anyway of voter confidence across the nation. So um, it's, it's all clicking for West Virginia. We've made it a name for ourselves nationally, and now it's time for us to – uh, carry that on into the 2024 election. The other thing is we reported election results on election night, mm-hmm. and that's what people expect. They want to have those results on election night, and then you don't have the conspiracy theories of you know, votes coming in after the polls have closed and manipulations and so forth. So I'm very proud of the entire team and the county clerks and the jobs that they do. Uh, we con- train constantly. We've got another training session coming up this summer with uh, all the clerks. We have about one-third of our clerks are brand new. They just were elected in the 2022 election. So we have to constantly maintain that vigilance of ensuring they understand the list maintenance process and all the other uh, additional things we do to keep elections safe. We're speaking with West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner. Sir, unfortunately, we have to get to our first break of the hour, but I want to give you some time to let people know if they want to reach out, how they can get in touch with you, and uh, I guess when the next time you're going to be packing the panhandle. 
Well, uh, to get a hold of me in the official capacity, it's uh, the the West Virginia website, wbsos.gov, for all things official. I am running for governor, and so that is MacWarner.com. Uh, people want to contact me on that. And then to answer your question, I'll be in the Panhandle this weekend. I'll be uh, in Martinsburg and uh, look forward to meeting with a number of people there. There's several folks who have put together uh, various events for me, uh, Roger and Google at Engel and uh, Larry and Jan Angus and others have put together events. So I'm really looking forward to spending some time with them. Hope you get some fresh strawberries while you're up here because apparently they're all they're coming out. <laughs> Absolutely. I know this weekend is the Strawberry Festival in uh, Buchanan as well, so yeah. it's that time. Well, sir, thank you for taking a little time to chat with us this morning. Thank you. Always good being with you all. Take care. Bye. And that's West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner calling in uh, to talk about uh, voter confidence, election confidence here in uh, not just West Virginia, but across the country. And, you know, it's a pertinent thing to talk about, of course, but um, it's hard to believe that we're already we're already this deep into election we've, cycle. We've been talking about the next election cycle for two months now, at least. <laughs> Feels like two years. Uh, at now. least. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much after after everything closed down um, in 2022, <laughs> we yeah. started talking about yeah. 2024. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, well, if you missed any of that conversation with West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We do got to get to this first break, and we'll be back with more after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Nicewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed any of our conversation before the break with West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Marsha, this morning it was cold outside. I mean, I almost had to break out the winter jackets to get to work today. But that, yes, is a discomfort to us. But mm-hmm. it's a super discomfort to the plants and the agriculture around here that are getting hit with this freeze out of nowhere. So that being said, uh, like you, we were trying to talk to Oars today, but I'm sure they're a little they're busy, busy trying yeah. to get things up and running, especially with strawberries season in, in season. So overnight there was a, a frost watch frost warning um because the temperatures were going to get low in certain places and um i don't know if you remember I, I think you may have played it last friday but we did a previous interview with the master gardeners uh, ahead of their big plant sale that happened over the weekend and they uh one of the gentlemen said uh, we typically don't recommend putting anything into the ground until the 20th for this reason yeah um not that you can't get a frost or freeze you know after the 20th but it just kind of increases your odds of success and not having to like out there and put burlap or whatever mm-hmm. over your over your plants but on a large scale like the orchards um you know i'm sure they're doing things like running fans and, and all of that so hopefully their crop didn't suffer any ill effect but earlier this uh week or's farm market uh posted that they are they have a bumper crop they have a bevy of strawberries and um they have uh for i think it was yesterday and today uh Strawberry kiwi lemonade slushies for anyone who put, uh, who purchases a flat of Orr's homegrown strawberries. How much? How big's a flat? What's that? I don't know. Because I'm down for that so kind it's of smoothie. A, it's a free one. You get the free smoothie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you purchase a flat, they have pictures. I don't know if that's a flat. It's like a little box. It looks like the box you get at like Sam's Club mm-hmm. or something when you're 
Try to check yeah, you don't want to stack those things. Up. You don't want to have strawberries stacked on top of each other. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, if you put them in a little flat box, and like I'm down that, for that smoothie. So, that smoothie sounds so good. So through today, you can get that if you buy a flat. So maybe go in with your mom or or someone. <sighs> sure. Um, three ninety nine a quart, six ninety. I'm sorry, three ninety nine a pint, six ninety nine a quart, thirty eight ninety nine for an eight quart flat. What you could you, do some serious damage with that. What is your favorite spring slash summertime? Like fruit snack type of thing, like cherries, strawberries, peaches. Like, what's your favorite kind of summertime? I've been eating a lot of strawberries. Yeah, but when the peaches are in, I'll probably eat some peaches. Mm-hmm. But yeah, strawberries. I'm gonna say strawberries because they're out now. Now, yeah. yeah, watermelon. Anything oh. like that? See, now you're yes, of course, watermelon, tangerine, cantaloupe, cantaloupe. You put sugar on it. On a cantaloupe? Is that what you do? Why? Is it sugar? Don't you put something on cantaloupe? No, on watermelon. You know, people put. Salt, Salt? Yeah. or watermelon? Heard of that? I thought you put something on cantaloupe. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know maybe pepper. Pepper <laughs> on cantaloupe? I don't. I'm just making that up. What is your favorite? Mm, so, when I was growing up, my grandparents um, they had a big cherry tree in their backyard. So, um, like my mom's side of the family, they would always just sit there and mm-hmm. they would always sit on the porch and spit cherry seeds out right? into the yard. Right. So, I tried to get into that. I've never quite been a fan of cherries themselves. I love cherry flavored anything. I can't get down with the you cherries. You don't like the texture. Go figure. Yes, That's the texture the throws me yep. off. But I don't know. I think I'm a grape. I like grapes. Oh, I yeah. Could, I could hit All a bowl of grapes. Round. I could hit a bowl of grapes I'm thinking about it. Yeah, we usually peaches. have grapes at our house. But yeah, peaches, peaches, yeah. Peaches in season. Oh, yeah. Yum. Do you, uh, are you supposed to peel peaches? Or you just no. eat the skin? No, you eat the skin. That's what I thought. But Unless you have some weird too. texture thing. Yeah, see, and that kind of freaks me out, yeah. too. I'll eat them. That kind of if they're really fuzzy, though, that puts me off. Yes, yeah, that's, what so, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hmm. But you're, the skin of these items, like potatoes, peaches, is supposed to have a lot of, you know, vitamin quality. So <laughs> I'll never yeah. forget the first time I saw somebody eating a baked potato. Like, it was all, it was cut up, it was done up, right? It had all these things uh-huh. in it. But then we're just eating it, just slicing it all the way across and eating the whole thing at once. I'd never seen that before. I'd always just ate the Like your the animals. Meat. I'm like, what Animals. What are you doing? You can't do that. You can't eat that. And they're like, are you serious? Apparently you can. <laughs> you absolutely can. And should, actually. So, Man. so yeah. I, and and Ors, of course, um, that's one of the great farm markets we have around. Uh, Spring Valley is around. We've got Taylor's yeah. in Inwood. And then, um, you know, the uh, farm market is supposed to be started. Farmer's market, yeah. I in, believe that's June. At the Roundhouse, right? Yes. I'll double check this as we're talking okay. about it. But I believe that is June 3rd, uh, Saturday, June 3rd. And they are moving it. Excuse me, to the uh, Roundhouse, which I think is a pretty darn cool place yeah. for a farmer's market, if you ask me. If you're just looking purely based off, um, you know, setups. Aesthetics. Yeah, aesthetics. But, uh, yep, it'll be every Saturday starting, my goodness, June uh, 3rd, Saturday, June 3rd at the Roundhouse, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And it looks like it's going to be in the Roundhouse proper, not in the, what is it, the the frog? The, switch, switch. Yeah, the building next to it. It's in the, uh, the main Roundhouse itself. That's starting Saturday, June 3rd, which, ugh. Just a few weeks away, Marsha. Two hey, weeks away. Ah. Speaking of frog, remember the Frog Hollow Trail? Right? Yeah. Um, so don't tell Andy, expansion. but don't tell Andy. But I rode uh, a part of it the other day. I think you just did. Yeah, that's fine. 
So we're going to have Shane Farthing on tomorrow. Yeah, but it's nice. So, so maybe we'll get an update on what the city's doing there. And there was groundbreaking over at Poorhouse Farm yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, so they, they've got a new section of trails over there. People were taking pictures of, like, the, you know, blazing the trail, <laughs> as it were. So I, I, I figure once they do the Frog Hollow, like the extension there, you'll be one of the first ones there. But then, oh, like, yeah. it's really not real because you've already kind of blazed it. <laughs> As That's you just true. admitted. That's true. But uh, mm-hmm. now, to be fair, I only was on the parts that you could get onto, right? They do have okay. some different intersections that are shut off. I didn't mm-hmm. jump any barriers or anything. I, was, <laughs> I feel like I'm just more incriminating <laughs> just myself the more I say it. But deeper. nonetheless, nonetheless, it, it was super cool. It, it gave me a different perspective of downtown Martinsburg that I've never had going through the uh, the little wooded areas and things. So it's very cool. And um, you know, that quality of life stuff is huge for growing towns and, mm-hmm. you know, have uh, your parks, your poorhouse farms, your war memorial parks with the new um, playground equipment and stuff. Then uh, walking and biking trails. I mean, pretty uh, that's pretty important for areas that are looking to, you know, bring things back into the downtown center. So I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I've been following Cucapin Trails and, uh, you know, they've been cutting all those bike paths through. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> on Mother's Day, they posted, uh, how did I say it? Um, bike park will be open Sunday morning. Send it and call your mothers. Send it and call your mothers. Full send, Marsha. Full send. Full send. I'll see. I won't be surprised. I wish I, I could be cool people. like that, send man. It. Send it. But yeah, I'm looking here on the Martinsburg Berkeley County Parks and Recreation Facebook page of their post from yesterday at the ribbon cutting. My goodness, what a gorgeous day they had to be out here at Poorhouse Farm. Uh, everybody there for the ribbon cutting, like you said, blazing the trail. And that looks like that picture looks like they are literally in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and they're just right across the interstate. Yep. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. We have some neat parks here. We do have some neat parks. And then that one, they're in the woods. I mean, I'll have to go check that out here sooner rather than later. But very cool. Very cool. And all that's over on the Martinsburg Berkeley County Parks and Rec uh, Facebook page. And then for the Farmer's Market, if you want to find that, you can go over. You can find that through the Main Street Martinsburg Facebook page. And while we're talking about it, don't forget this weekend is Wine Fest in downtown Martinsburg. It's going to be at the uh, Boydville out in the yard. Now, if Robbie and Raven, if they're listening, they're not going to want to hear this, but uh, it was supposed to rain all weekend, and now it's just <laughs> supposed to rain on Saturday. So hopefully that continues to, uh, that forecast changes and maybe get some rain into Friday or maybe even just push it to uh, to Sunday because everybody loves a rainy Sunday. But as of right now, let's see. What's it say? 40, 50% chance, 50% chance that's of rain. Not, that's not, not too bad. Chance. Not too bad. So, hey, and uh, I'm sure people are down to drink wine in any conditions. Especially at Boydville. That'd be a cool spot to do it. But that's happening this weekend. You can find all that information over at Main Street Martinsburg's Facebook page. We'll step aside briefly and come back for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. Marsh, our next guest is joining us in studio. That's right. So it, May is National Trauma Awareness Month. To that end, in studio we have with us WV Medicine, Berkeley and Jefferson Medical Center's Trauma and Emergency Management Manager, Donnie Grove. Welcome in. Thanks, Marsha. It's great to be here with you guys again. Thank Absolutely. you. We were talking about this. Last time we were in the stinking pandemic when you... 
there's Amen, a lot. Right? There's a lot of people that were starting to talk to here these last couple of months. It's literally the first time I've seen their whole face. Right. I think it might probably is for you. I'm yeah. sure you probably had a mask on last time. Absolutely, you were. <laughs> absolutely. It's uh, it's weird going down the halls of the hospital hospital now because you see everyone's faces and, and actually smile at each smile. other. Smile. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> All right, so I, I I was thinking about this before the segment started. We have a lot of first responders on. I always thank them for their service, the veterans of Amon. Um, you do amazingly difficult work, and the folks in the trauma you know arena do amazingly difficult work. So thank you for being one of those folks that answers the call and you know fixes people up on some of the most devastating Oof. moments of their lives at all hours yeah, yeah. we do and um I, thank you for that and it's something we're very proud of and able to provide those services for our community and the level of care that our first responders provide in berkeley and jefferson morgan counties in the eastern panhandle is astronomical mm-hmm. um, and as we expand our services at the hospitals it's it's great to be able to showcase our staff and showcase our community partnerships and what we actually do for the Eastern Panhandle. So what's the uh, what's the staff look like, I guess? Do you have, uh, I feel like in high school and then in college, uh, there was a lot of people in my area that were getting really into, you know, the EMS, the trauma things, that, that sort of um, career path, you can say. Is there a lot of people, is the interest still there to get into the field? I think we saw a, a big drop off on the interest in healthcare in the past three years. Um, a lot of burnout, a lot of people not wanting to go back in, but I think um, as as a team in, in Berkeley County, we are revitalizing that and getting that vested interest back in to give back to our community. Um, the Berkeley County Emergency Ambulance Authority has done great things to, for recruitment and retention within their department. Um, started a um, paramedic EMT academy here in Berkeley County. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Yeah, it's oh, it's great. So they talk about um, that. so they have um, because of the shortage. Yeah. Um, of EMS providers, uh, Berkeley County recognized that. They needed to do something. We you know we need to staff our ambulances. So they created a training program themselves um, that meets the national standards and recruits come in and it's a day one on the job, ride along class, very intense program. But um, they are one of the first in the state to to do that. What's so, the turnaround? Um, you know, I don't know. It's about a, a year program, yeah. I believe, um, for them. But it, it's great for us to be a part of that because we're able to um, provide some education to mm-hmm. them as well. We do quarterly um, speaking engagements with them and presentations. So I want to ask you this question. But you, I didn't ask you to prepare for it, but just anecdotally, because uh, I know we talk about uh, uh, folks who live in the area of some of the, the hiking trails, for example, or the biking trails know that it's it's lost hiker season. It's uh, folks falling off the off the cliffside season. It's folks falling over on their bike season. What kind of hey, trauma? Don't put that out there, Marsha. Okay, so I don't it's, need that it's bad already luck. been happening. I don't need that bad luck. Like they call it remote <laughs> rescue because um, they can't get to the trails sometimes. Yeah. So what kinds of trouble do people get into here in the Panhandle? Well, the summertime obviously is it is trauma season. Spring is here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh I, boy, I heard, <laughs> that's so positive. Trauma season, right? It is. That's, that's what we you call it. Summer. We call it trauma season. We are very fortunate here with our first responders and uh, the the act, outdoor activities we have. Um, the biggest thing right now um, that we see is the motocross. So mm-hmm. motocross track is is a big big um event here in our area it brings in a lot of people from out of state and unfortunately we see you know some injuries from some um high impact uh motocross and they're wearing access. their helmets right Absolutely. like that's yeah, a thing have, that they're doing yeah. they do they do 
um, we see a a lot of broken bones and such from those those bike accidents. But and they those, sign up to do that. They do. They're they're amazing. Like they they really are athletes. Oh, I mean, absolutely. They, they are. They're full sending full, off these ramps, Marsha. Going oh, strong. So yeah. they they show up in the ER. You're cutting off their little um, uniform things, and they're in padding and all that. But yeah, you got to get to those bones and stuff. We to do. We do. Reset. And um, sometimes that's the most difficult part is uh, convincing them that. We can replace the padding. We we can fix that. We need to fix your bed. You, know right right. you know how much this kit cost? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll just leave it on. It'll set itself. You know, <laughs> they're so, they're stoic. I'm telling you. You know, so uh, you know, especially Berkeley Medical Center, um, so close to the interstate year round. You guys get um, a lot of action from the interstate and the roads around it, right? We do, and. Um, you know, it seems like we've had construction on Interstate 81 for 20 ever. years, ever yeah. since, you know, forever. Um, so we recognize that as a community and our community partners. So we partnered with the Berkeley County Sheriff's Department and West Virginia State Police, and we developed the Interstate 81 Safety Initiative. So Sheriff Harmon took the lead on that and has done wonderful work. We've released some public safety videos um, to show distracted driving and the dangers of that. He has also done a great job um, going to Charleston to advocate for safety mm-hmm. features. And that's how we were able to obtain, I don't know if you paid attention to them on the interstate, but there's oh, roadside yeah. signs that tell you what the speed is and if you're slow going, down. If you're so. going the right speed, it says, thank you for driving yeah. safely. Yeah. If yeah. you're not. It hits you with the blue and, yep. blue and red. It does. Yeah. It does. Um, so <laughs> I, not that I've ex- Yeah, they've definitely the got my attention. Of course not. Other, I, other drivers. I've it's never said drivers like racing by in front of me. <laughs> right, right trip those lights but because (laughs) because of that initiative um sheriff harman's been able to show the data that we have reduced the speed in those areas by 75 percent. just because of that electronic sign and it's huge because interstate 81 is one of the most traveled um, Mm -hmm. interstates around and the the sheer volume and we see a lot of accidents from interstate and the accidents can be very devastating because there's so much truck traffic it, it is. And, and you know, once the interstate shut down, Martinsburg is shut down. Yeah. I mean, we truly um, are inundated throughout. So that has um, prompted us to partner again with the Berkeley County commissioners. Um, we recognize we have a need. So, in fact, today when I when I leave here, I'm meeting with the county commissioners. We are partnering, partnering to develop a mass casualty response vehicle. Um, so what does that look like? So it's a huge, essentially tractor trailer. Yeah, that has, they're going to roll up on the scene. Are, you wait, you wait. Um, it's 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 a great thing, and we are. This is a regional response, so we are opening this up to everyone in our region in West Virginia, um, not only for motor vehicle accidents, but if there's any other mass casualty incidences. It has um, all the supplies you would need all the medical supplies. We are supplying all the medical supplies for that. And we're working to form a response team Mm -hmm. in the near future. So great things are happening. And we're really the community partnerships. We all recognize the need and what we need to keep our community safe. Now, are there other, um, you know, mobile trauma centers like that around? Is this one of the first ones in the state? Maybe it is one of the first ones in the state. So we're pretty excited to, to have this. This all came about and, uh, after 9-11, mm-hmm. the state and feds recognized that we need to be more prepared. And it just kind of, it was really hard for individual counties to maintain um, the supplies. It's expensive. Absolutely. So you have to re- refresh those, yeah, restock. You know, medical you? supplies expire. And, right. you know, it's it's expensive. So we recognize that, hey, we need to we need to bring this back. 
um, mm-hmm. to our area and have that resource because of the mass casualties we see on Interstate 81. And so others. how are we getting that to the scene? Does it is it equipped with like the big lights and all that to say, you know, this isn't just your typical ambulance size. Y'all better move away. Oh, oh it is. You, okay. will, you will definitely see this coming if, if it's needed. <laughs> right. There's no doubt about that. So what are the parameters for it being needed? Is it, you know, a multi-vehicle accident? Is it just one severe accident, car accident? It, it, it could be all of the above. Whatever the first responders recognize on the scene that they need, if they need additional resources, we want to make sure they have those resources to take care of injured patients. Mm-hmm. Mm. Our guest this morning, Donnie Grubb, he's the manager of the uh, Berkeley and Jefferson Medical Center's Trauma and Emergency Management uh, Center. And we're talking about trauma because uh, May is National Trauma Awareness Month. To that end, you've been doing some education. We have, we have. So in 1988, uh, President Reagan and Congress designated May as National Trauma Awareness Month. So we want to showcase our outreach activities and community partnerships. So, you know, last week we had a blood drive at the Sheriff's mm-hmm. Department. We partnered with them. And because of the national blood shortage, we were able to meet our goal and bring in, you know, over 30 donors um, for, for blood and, and platelets. Yeah. Um, you know, several weeks ago, we just did the Prom Promise mock accident in Martinsburg High School. That's one of our favorite things to do. I remember those back in the day. Yeah, partner with the fire department, EMS, and everyone to to show the kids, you know, distractive driving mm-hmm. um, consequences. And, and, and So are you driving. seeing the lights go on with those kids? Are you it, scaring the out of them? It yes. is. It yeah. is. Um, it, it, it's pretty humbling. And, you know, when I when I watch the, the kids come out and, and see the fire trucks roll up and the helicopter landing, like, you can see in their face that they get it. Mm-hmm. They get it. And, you know, it, not everyone takes it seriously, but, you know, most of them do. And it's it's nice. And that's why we do what we do. Um, because if we can save a handful of kids, we, we've done our job Absolutely. and raised awareness of, of what poor decisions mm-hmm. can be. It's and I remember that prom. Sorry, we'll say I remember that prom promise. I remember walking out there and what really, and I feel like nowadays, which is, it's tough to say, but. And you hear so often about kids getting into fatal car accidents after a prom or, you know, a party or something with distracted driving, mm-hmm. impaired driving. And um, like you said, you, you as a high school, you're walking out of that thing and you think, oh, well, you're just going to get out of class for a few minutes. But then you walk up and you, you hear the sirens, you see the, the, the cars all twisted up. And then what really got me was, uh, and I'm not sure if you guys did this as well, but it was uh, like fellow classmates and, you know, friends of mine that were taking part in it. So they're like, you walk out, my buddy had... You know, blood all over him, and he was laying on the ground like he had, you know, gotten oh ejected from the car. So that really, I mean, like you said, that really sparked some light bulbs, I think, to a lot of us that day. It does, and it, it's that's the most impactful piece, piece because we use the um, theater students from Arthur mm-hmm. High School. So they're, they're peers, they're, yeah. they're friends, and when you see them laying on the ground or, you know, partially ejected from a vehicle, it's it's impactful, and, it, and it's meaningful, and um, the the last or the, the ending to the event is um, Brown's funeral home oh. comes and they see their, their peer and yeah. what happened to their peer. Um, it's pretty impactful when they see the hearse drive away. Yeah. So speaking of impact, um, you work with a lot of EMS, you work with a lot of medical professionals, law enforcement, first responders. Um, when there's an event like that, especially when it involves young folks, um, that's got to traumatize you guys a couple, you know, steps more. Yeah, it does. And, you know, we're nurses, physicians, respiratory therapists, you know, lab. We, we see this every day, but it, it wears on you. And uh, we're very aware of that. And we provide 
um, counseling services to our staff because, you know, we learned through the pandemic that enough's enough. You can mm -hmm. only take so much and you can only be stoic for so long. So um, the devastating injuries that we see, we want to make sure our staff have the power to continue on and, and their mental psyche is top-notch to be able to give great care to our patients. We know Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon is having a big uh, community day this mm -hmm. uh, Saturday uh, in his massive parking lot, which is going to be <laughs> yeah. overrun by equipment. All and, kinds of uh, things. Yeah, and yeah. a roller coaster, apparently. Mm, yeah, so talk about that. Yeah, it's it's a great event. We're very excited to be back again this year for the for the second year. You know, Our HealthNet Air Medical Helicopter will be there on display landing in the parking lot. We'll be doing car seat safety. We'll have certified technicians there to check folks' car seats for them. Um, we're doing stroke education. There's just a, a magnitude of community vendors that will be there to, to showcase public safety. Yeah. Well, again, we're speaking with WVU Medicine, Berkeley, and Jefferson Medical Center's Trauma and Emergency Management Manager, Donnie Grubb. Uh, if you missed any of this conversation so far, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We do have to get to our last break of the hour. So uh, give you some time here to let people know how to get in touch with you, maybe if they want to find out more about uh, Trauma Awareness Month or just any general questions? Absolutely. So they're always welcome to visit our, our website at WVU Madison. Look for our activities and our outreach programs. And um, happy to take any questions at, at our trauma office. They're, they're welcome to call the hospital. And we will be happy to provide any education or event for our community. Perfect. Well, thank you for stopping in this morning. It's great to be back, guys. Absolutely. Stick around for more after this. We'll come back and wrap things up on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. If you missed any of our conversation with WVU Medicine's Donnie Grubb, you can listen back to that a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Now, Marsha, we get uh, mean messages all the time when we talk about things happening in Hagerstown and Washington County and things, but this is a big, this is a great event. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get that because we're, we're so close to all I the know. borders. I could, be to, I could be in Pennsylvania you can, in you half can, an hour. If you get on our roof, you could... Yeah. For the most part, see Maryland and Virginia. So it is not beyond the realm of possibilities that someone listening to us right now might find him herself in Hagerstown on Saturday. That's right. She said definitively. That's right, because uh -huh. it's one of my family's favorite things. Because when I was, well, still this day, parents still live in the when same you were house. small. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we live right off of uh, Old National Pike for the most part, right? And the wagon train comes through every year. And Very it's cool. so much fun to see it. And that's happening again on Saturday. So yeah, the the reason this went on my radar, I think we've had folks from the from the wagon train on <clears throat> the National Pike Festival uh, before. This year, I I did not happen to, but the Maryland Theater put out a special uh, notice because they've got some productions going mm -hmm. on at the time, and they said the wagon train is going to be passing through Hagerstown around 1 p.m., stopping at the Maryland Theater around 1:15, and then on to City Park at two. So just be aware of that if you want to go and be a spectator or if you just want to make sure that you plan your traveling around it. it I think it's such a cool, such a cool little thing, mm -hmm. you know, a little local area thing. I think it's pretty cool, the wagon train that comes through. And they went on a hiatus for 
a little while, right? Is that because of the pandemic? I think partly because of the pandemic, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Looks like they're also they are starting from a new point nowadays. I have to look into this a little bit more. But yeah, I think it's a pretty cool local event that's going to be going on. Also, um, if you want to, you know, have an opinion on the a regional bicycle pedestrian plan, uh, that is opening up. I'm trying to get some folks on to uh, to talk about that as well. But um, you know, I think it's good to to be on the front end of that stuff. Hmm. So it says the draft is out now and available for review and comments at. H-E-M-P-P-O.net. Not sure what that uh, web address is. But uh, as the original draft flight plan, so you can see kind of what they want to do and uh, what some of the plans are. But, I mean, specifically speaking of Martinsburg, Mm -hmm. this part of King Street right by our radio station is impossible. It's impossible, right? If you uh, you want to turn left to get into the station. Right? If you even wanted to walk. I mean, if you didn't have Mm -hmm. the means. We are, what, 100 yards away from Sheets? Right. Diagonally from us here. And you are quite literally taking your life in your own hands trying to walk over there because it's there's good, no sidewalks. There's technically no 25 miles an hour. but And nobody does that. Yeah. Nobody does that. So, I mean, I think it's very important to, you know, in places that are, you know, growing like Martinsburg and in this I-81 corridor region to have proper, you know, pedestrian plans and, you know, different modes of transportation plans because not everybody drives. Everybody has the That's capabilities true. to do that. And the sidewalks stop, I mean, before you even get out of downtown, get up this part of King Street. So true. I think it's a good thing. So the Hagerstown Eastern Panhandle Metropolitan Planning Organization is going to have copies of a draft plan at different libraries, including Washington County, Maryland, the Berkeley and Jefferson County uh, uh, libraries. Of, I think it's the main off main branch and then Charlestown Library in Charlestown. And the uh, comment period is starts today, goes through June 18th. Yep, and you can comment online at H-E-P-M-P-O dot net. Hep Empo. Hagerstown Eastern Panhandle. Oh. Yeah. There you go. That <laughs> took me way that's longer to uh, figure that out than I should that's have. That's what that's about. But I think that's I think that's very important for growing communities. I mean, we talk about it all the time when we talk to Martinsburg, more, uh, Berkeley County Parks and Rec, talking about quality of life stuff. You know, mm-hmm. people want to be able to walk and get outside and do different things. And, well, they need to have the places to walk and get outside and do those mm-hmm. things. So I think it's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to be able to walk to Sheets and not hey. have to play Frogger. Skybridge. Skybridge would Come be on. cool. We Pedestrian need, bridge? We need sky roads. Come I on. Exit that. 12. Oh, yeah. You were talking about I, you that. You want me Here's to start my rant again? Yeah. I will. Tunnels. But, like, if, if the Kingdom of Kanawha can get their sky bridges and their spaghetti <laughs> roads... You know, to shave off their 10 minutes of commuter time. Yeah, for real. Why can't we up here in the EPAN? Come know. on. Hopefully they figure it out one way or another. So let it be written. Yeah, hopefully it gets so let, figured I out want, one look, way or another. I want six lanes getting us from point A to p- point B above, over the fray of the interstate. So how much longer would you put up with the construction and the traffic and, you know, all things revolving around road work in this area? How long would you put up for it if you knew they were going to build a, a sky bridge? Sky bridge. Two years. Two. You're going to give them two years. To I'm going to give them two bridge? years. Yeah, yeah. Because the wheels of, of bureaucracy run slow. Yeah. But but that's if, what I'm saying. I think two years isn't enough. Here's time. here's my thing. We have the military efficiency that we are rebuilding communities in war torn countries and throwing down bridges for them to use on a temporary basis. Mm-hmm. Surely we can do something. About the exit 12 issues. Don't know. 
Or there are very smart engineers out there. More roundabouts. from Chick Fil A. More roundabouts. No, why did you That'll even do that? That'll fix it. That'll fix it. Why are you trying to make me mad? We need like fifteen roundabouts in a row. Why are you? Good. Why are you trying to make Just me figure mad? Figure eight at the Have whole you way. even been to Inwood? Yes, I've been to Inwood lately. No. Have you driven the roundabouts? I've been there because since football you're season. You're like, oh, I'm pro roundabout. I am pro Have roundabout. Have you gone off the interstate at exit five? Yes. And been in that mess? Yes. I have. Lately. Not lately, okay. but I have. All right. If you haven't done it this spring, then you sit on your hands. <laughs> I'll, I'll go do no. it. I'll go do it right when we get off the air. How about that? <laughs> I'd like to see that. I'll put it on Facebook Live or something if I can. Like, this is how uh-huh. you navigate. This is how easy it is. <laughs> I will say the roundabout. You might be meeting up with Donnie the- <laughs> and his friends in the trauma room. Yeah, because you beat me up after the show. <laughs> now, I will say the roundabout that's at my parent or my sister's housing area uh-huh. neighborhood might be the worst roundabout of all time quite literally might be the worst you have not been to inwood clearly um, well if you missed let me know th- come back and report to the class <laughs> if you missed day the show day listen back to it live it later on on our pain handle news network facebook and spotify page hoppy is next for marcha i'm jordan this has been pain handle live on wpm and wcst the pain handle news network have a good one we'll talk to you tomorrow WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.